The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. And we begin with the news on former President Trump saying his attorneys have told him that he's been indicted, indicted over the documents case. Ed Baxter, I know this is uh, just breaking now. You're in the Bloomberg newsroom in San Francisco. Uh, do we know anything more at this point? Well, you know what? We're going to get with an expert here in uh, just uh, a second. Uh, we know that it was a post, uh, Doug, that his attorneys told him he's been indicted over the documents case. We know that it was moved to Florida. Let's get more now. Bloomberg's a legal expert and a host of Bloomberg Law. June Grasso is with us live. All right, June. Um, so we know that they moved a couple of weeks ago the grand jury proceedings down to Florida. What do we know about this indictment at this point? Well, I don't know what the indictment says. Uh, the indictment could be on several different charges. It could, there could be an obstruction charge in there. There could be an Espionage Act charge in there. It could just be mishandling of classified documents. It's hard to tell at this point what they decided to charge him with. So, you know, beyond him saying he's indicted, we don't really know much. Yeah, and uh, and he said it now just uh, yesterday or the day before he had said that nobody had said anything to him uh, about it, which may be true. He likes to break the news himself. Um, so <laughs> this this came down. I don't mean to be cynical there. We laugh, um, but he well, does. You know, he, he said that nobody had told him he was going to get indicted. That doesn't mean no one told him he was the target of the investigation, which right. is what the letter you know, what the what the prosecutors tell you, they tell you you're the target of the investigation and everybody draws the conclusion that, okay, if they're telling us this, that's their requirement and that means that you're going to get indicted. So I think he was parsing words perhaps there. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, thank you for making that distinction. I didn't make it clear. Now, we've just got another headline, June, up saying he's been summoned to appear in Miami court on, on Tuesday. Um, what is the process, do you think, from here? Well, you know, I think we'll learn more about this indictment. I assume that the special counsel or perhaps even the attorney general is going to have a press conference. I mean, these indictments are sealed usually, so we find out about them when they decide to tell us. In this case, Trump decided to tell us. So, But normally we'd wait for the uh, prosecutors, and he'll have to make an appearance in court and, you know, Plead not guilty, most likely. Uh, it'll be probably a very brief appearance, sort of like we saw in New York. Um, what's interesting here is that after having a grand jury in Washington, D.C. for so long investigating the classified documents, the special counsel decided to open a grand jury investigation in Florida. And the thought is that he wanted to ha be sure that there would be 
you know, the venue would be met, that this was where, in other words, you have to have the case in the place where the alleged crime took place. So in this case, any obstruction or any hiding, anything like that would have been done in Florida. And also, this this means that the Trump team loses a ground to try to stop the trial by saying, wait a second, this shouldn't be in Washington, D.C. This should be in Florida. But I think that, you know, the prosecutors are going to have a harder time in Florida, that the jury pool is not going to be as sympathetic to the federal government as it might have been in D.C. Yeah, and now, but that does not tr- stop Mr. Trump from trying to change the venue, but, but Florida is where he has indicated that he would like it, correct? Um, I I don't know exactly what he said about it, but one assumes that he'd prefer Florida. As I said, it's you know a venue where there would likely be a jury pool that's friendlier to him and less likely to you know agree with the federal government on some things as opposed to you know D.C. or New York. So um, yeah, I think that that would be the 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 preferred venue for him. And this just, I think it shows that the prosecutors are want to move this along very quickly. They want to get this to trial and they don't want to be hung up in a lot of pre-trial motions. Yeah. And uh, so Tuesday, you say, would be short. Now, let's go through the, as you say, it's sealed. It uh, And it will be, will be open most probably on Tuesday um, by the by the court. But the, the potential charges could be, number one, that he took classified documents out of the White House. Number two, that he, um, uh, that he obstructed justice in, in trying to let the FBI or DOJ do its job. That those are potential, are they not? Right. And I think, you know, the obstruction of justice charge is very serious. And it's something that, you know, as we analyze the evidence that they seem to have, that they might have enough to make a case about obstruction of justice. I mean, they have, we've discovered that they have all kinds of evidence. Uh, for example, they have a videotape of someone moving the boxes in Mar-a-Lago to a storage room the day before the federal prosecutors were scheduled to appear to collect them. We, uh, there apparently is a tape, an audio tape of former President Trump bragging to a group of people that he had in his hand, no one saw what was in his hand, but he had in his hand some classified material about U.S intervention with Iran with possible with Iran and also that he said that he knew that he shouldn't have it that's like a critical piece of information because he's admitting that he knew what was going on and also something that I think sort of when this happened I thought well they have a, they have a case because the one of his attorneys has had to go before the grand jury and testify because the judge ruled what's called a crime fraud exception. And that is that if the judge believes that the defendant in this case, or the potential defendant in this case, is using the lawyer as part of the crime, it's not the lawyer's crime, it's the defendant's crime, then they allow them to pierce the lawyer-client privilege. And that's very rare that it happens and very rare that it that it's granted. And in this case, Evan Corcoran ended up not only testifying before the grand jury, but also turning over written notes and a written and an audio tape that he had about his conversations with Trump. So there seems to be a lot of evidence beyond just 
what we know about, you know, people coming in and testifying as to what Trump's state of mind was. So, you know, it'll be really interesting to see whether this indictment sort of walks through the evidence that they have, a talking indictment, rather than what happened in New York, where we didn't know very much when we saw the indictment. Yeah, and and June, I I I, I have, and and again, I'm I'm not trying to be cynical here, but it would be very smart for Mr. Trump at this point to not say too much, and yet he's uh, on Truth Social. Part of his uh, his uh, posting blitz now is quote the corrupt Biden administration has informed my attorneys that I have been indicted, seemingly over the boxes hoax. So he he's not he's not going to uh, calm the the heat going into this, but could any of what he says now be be held against him in a in the court of law? Well, it depends on what he says. I mean, he said so much about these documents. He said that he could, you know, wave his hand and all the documents were were unclassified, declassified, and that just by asking for them, he de- I mean, he said so many things that really are not grounded in fact. But what I think he's trying to do here to a certain extent is, you know, mess with the jury pool, sort of get the jury pool in his favor. And that's you know difficult to do, but yet enough, you hear enough of this over and over and over again, and it starts to affect some people. So I think in this case, if it's held in Florida, as we suspect, there's going to have to be a lot, a really strenuous voir dire of the jurors, the potential jurors, to make sure that they've not been tainted by any of these things. But Trump is also running for public office, so for president. So he also wants to get the electorate on his side. So he has a lot of different reasons for getting out there and making these statements, even though his attorneys may have advised him and probably did advise him not to say anything. I mean, we saw what happened with the New York case. (laughs) Basically ignore them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the, the the pattern is there. June, you are absolutely awesome as uh, usual, and I know you're prepping for a Bloomberg Law, and this will be up on top, and that follows uh, Daybreak Asia here on Bloomberg. June Grosso, uh, legal expert here. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Um, let's get some political impact now uh, from uh, uh, Bloomberg's Jenny Shanzano, professor of Bloomberg politics, contributor and author of American Democracy in Crisis. Okay. Okay, um, Jeannie, uh, the the immediate political impact will be a bit mixed, um, but it hasn't seemed to affect any of the legal problems, his overall stature in the polls, does it? It has not. I mean, he is still polling nationally in the double digits, although that is subject to change. And, you know, I think this week alone, as we've seen at least three big entries into the race, it is a sign that there are Republicans out there who feel that this is an individual who may not be in this race for the long term or is going to be vulnerable. So while he's still leading by double digits facing the indictment out of New York, the indictment at the federal level is something that really could be a game changer. And can I just say the word here is extraordinary. Never in American history have we seen something like this happen to a former president, let alone somebody who is the leading candidate for the nomination for the major party for the next election. So extraordinary by any measure, regardless of what happens. Yeah, yeah history after history has to, after history. Hey, uh, Doug uh, is in New York. I think, Doug, you'd like to ask a couple of questions. 
question. Yeah, Cheney. Uh, so the, the move here that Trump is playing seems to be that he wants to delegitimize this investigation, the handling of the classified material. Is that still resonating within the base or within the Republican Party? Are, are people beginning to break away now and, and say, you know, we've had enough. Um, there may have been a violation of the law here and you're going to have to own up to that? Yeah, I think, you know, witch hunt has been sort of the way in which he has approached any criticism and certainly any move towards the legal realm in this kind of thing. And he's going to continue to make that case, as you were just talking about. He's been doing that actively on Truth Social almost in real time. But I do think we are seeing Republicans in places like Iowa, New Hampshire, where the base is really paying attention to the upcoming election. And they are looking, they are open to to an alternative to Trump. I don't think he will lose that 30%, regardless of what happens, who have been with him this whole time. But I do think we see like 50 per 60% potentially of the base of the Republican Party who says we would be open to an alternative to Trump. That doesn't mean an anti-Trump candidate, but an alternative to Trump. And that's why I think we see now about 10 to 12 candidates in this race. So there is a willingness to look at other people because many Republicans you talk to even if they like what Donald Trump did as, a, did as president and they feel like he has been victimized, they do feel like this is a lot for them to handle and will make his ability to win the general very, very tough. Now, Jeannie, the, the, even President Biden was asked today a news conference with Rishi Sunak at the White House um, and asked as he was uh, had he folded up his book and he was uh, starting to leave, um, you know, um, if you influence the DOJ, would you respond to what Donald Trump is saying, which is what you're talking about? Um, and he had to respond to that. Um, does this so this is going to play politically back and forth like that with Joe Biden not saying anything and Trump all over social media? That's right. And, and Joe Biden and the White House are smart. The campaign on the Biden side is smart to not say a word about this. If they were to jump into this fray, it would be a big mistake. Donald Trump is trying to goad them into saying something. They should keep quiet. You know, when your opposition is faltering, let them falter is the rule. Don't jump in. And so I think he's going to continue to be quiet. I hope he is. But I do think Donald Trump is not going to let up. He's going to continue to say that this is a witch hunt. This is something that is politically motivated. And there is a an audience for that argument. But I also think there are Republicans out there, a large percentage, who say even if he was victimized in this way, it's going to be difficult for him to win the general. And for our own purposes, if we hope to beat Joe Biden, as many of them, all of them do, we've got to look elsewhere. So while this may help Donald Trump to a certain extent, I don't think in the long term it's going to be a winning strategy for him. So at what point, if you're a Republican candidate running for president, Jeannie, do you make the choice to kind of cross the line to not defend the president or to remain silent and to be critical and to actually say, uh, former President Trump, you're carrying too much baggage around, particularly on the legal front. You're not the ideal candidate if we want to retake the White House. I think we're already seeing that happen. We saw Vice President Pence out in just the last couple of days obviously governor former governor chris christie out making that case so i do think we are hearing uh 
potential representatives and potential candidates for the Republican nomination who are making that case already. Ron DeSantis has made that case when he's been asked. Um, Even things as basic as you need a two-term Republican, he's saying, and not a one-term. So I do think we're hearing that. And I think if he is, in fact, indicted or when he is indicted, facing the amount of charges that he's facing as serious as they are, we're going to hear that drum beat more and more from these opposition candidates. A few have been reticent to make that case, but I think more and more the dam is going to be broken and we are going to hear that argument made. Timing. This is going to be, Jeannie, uh, going on now. The court case doesn't come be presented immediately. This is probably going to run into primary season, and uh, uh, even it could run toward the general. Uh, can, can he be elected, do you believe? And I know I'm asking for your opinion. Can he be elected? I I think realistically, could he be elected in the general? I do not believe so. I go with Governor Chris Sununu, who says, you know, a vote for Donald Trump in the Republican primary at this point is a vote for Joe Biden. And that is the argument I think you're going to hear Republicans make increasingly. It's simply difficult, given the math, to imagine that he could win over the moderates and independents and the Republicans he needs to capture the White House. Could he win the nomination? Yes. If there are, you know, a large number of Republicans vying for this and they stay in a long time, he can hold his 30. But he really difficult to win the general. But to your point about the timing, it's utterly astounding. Already we see the New York case scheduled just after Super Tuesday. You couple a federal indictment with that, You whatever happens in Georgia, and this is going to be astounding. This is a man who's going to be focused on fighting for his life mm. and yet also running for president. It, it, again, extraordinary, like nothing we've ever seen in American history. If you're just joining us here on uh, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, that is Jeannie Sheehan Zeno, professor, also Bloomberg uh, politics contributor, helping us unpack the story that we've been talking about. Former President Trump saying today, a short while ago on Truth Social, that his attorneys have been informed that he was indicted by the special prosecutor Jack Smith's office and the New York Times reporting that Mr. Trump is set to surrender to authorities in Miami next Tuesday. The countdown has begun from May 14th to 16th A thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.